They say misery loves company, but misery also fancies long championship droughts. Welcome to the Gem on the Queen's Crown, an adventure taking you through the terrain of Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, the iHeartRadio app, TuneIn, Stitcher, as well as Pocket Casts, Acast, Anchor.fm, Radio Line, Radio Public, Player.fm, Spreaker, Podbean, Podchaser, Overcast.fm, BeyondPod, Podbay.fm, Listen Notes, TheLeeWMowen.com, and the host, GemCitySports.com. Music is provided by FreestockMusic.com. Now, please join your host for another exciting episode of the Gem of the Queen's Crown, Lee W. Mowen. friendly reminder out there you can also listen to this podcast on potable play a pod cloudcaster pod paradise feed and ibooks so episode number 40 of the podcast very excited that i reached this plateau also very happy the way episode 39 turned out if you haven't listened to that yet please make sure you do so but not right now as we're talking Misery, you know, a common topic on the... Okay, no, it's not. I saw an article and I wanted to talk about it for your listening pleasure. This is from the10and3.com. 10 and 3 being the numerical values, not T-E-N and T-H-R-E-E. You spell them with the numbers. The10and3.com. This article was published April 26th of this year, so a little under a month old, and it's titled The Most Miserable Sports City, 2018 Edition. It's written by three authors, Zach Gallinger, Eric Motzkin, and Neil Ullman. And it starts off with talking about how some sports curses have been broken over the past few years. Take, for instance, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who took down the Golden State Warriors, and now it seems like you can't escape the Golden State Blue, a 3-1 lead jokes, or I guess it'd be Warriors, a Blue, a 3-1 lead jokes, but they're pretty funny still. I mean, come on. If you can't laugh at yourself, you know. And hey, Warriors won two other titles this decade, so, you know. I think they're doing okay. Also talks about the Chicago Cubs, yep, Houston Astros, the Philadelphia Eagles win the Super Bowl this year. Real good game by the Eagles, too. But the second paragraph begins the meat and potatoes of the article. It talks about that there's still sports misery out there, and I'm pretty sure you already knew that. So there are two United States cities listed in the most miserable 
the top team is Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And when I looked at that, it kind of surprised me because this year's Jets are kicking butt. Just one series away from the Stanley Cup, something that the original Jets never got to. Nor the Phoenix slash Arizona Coyotes, shocker. And the Atlanta Thrashers, which is Winnipeg Jets 2.0 now. I'm going to talk about mostly Cincinnati, but just to give you a little preview on the misery score, you can look at this article yourself. It measures the suffering of a city's sports fans. It takes into account the major leagues. For Cincinnati, that would be the NFL and MLB, so Bengals and Reds. It looks at six professional leagues. I mentioned two of them. NBA, NHL, MLS, and Canadian Football League is in there. And it's based on the most recent playoff appearances, playoff series wins, and championships. So we're going to start. Here's a click. One click every trip. And we're looking at Cincinnati. 56.5 points in the misery score. Just one point behind Winnipeg. The Bengals have never won a Super Bowl, as you might know. Came close in the 81 and 88 seasons, so that'd be Super Bowl in 82 and 89. Last playoff win for the Bengals came against a team formerly known as the Houston Oilers, now as the Tennessee Titans. Last playoff appearance was 2015, and was I really mad that the Bengals blew that? Yes, because in the fourth quarter you were still scoreless. You came back and took a lead, and you shot yourself in the foot in that last series. I think that was the last series, and Pittsburgh ended up winning that game. For the Cincinnati Reds, they last won the World Series back in 1990. I would have been two years old, so even if I was in sports back then, I wouldn't remember that. I was two. Last playoff series win was 1995, and the last trip to the playoffs was 2012. Seems like eons and eons ago. But I promise you it wasn't, and that was that was a heartbreaker. You take two in San Francisco, and you only need to win one in Cincinnati, and you can't do it. I think that was the year the Giants won the Super the World Series. The Super World Series, you know, where you take on winners from other pro leagues around the world. Oh, well, that'd be cool. Note to self, talk about that in a future episode. So Cincinnati is the second... Most miserable sports fan base. And keep in mind with this graph, it only takes account of the major league sports. We'll get to that in a little bit. There's also a tweet I like to talk about as well. For Winnipeg, like I mentioned, never won the Stanley Cup. And the original Jets never got to that point either. Last playoff series win was 1987. Oh wait, but the Jets won in 7 against Nashville and took down Minnesota. So, technically, this year. So, that would probably mess up the misery score. This is before the playoffs and everything, though. So, there you go. Last playoff appearance for the Jets, 2015. But it wasn't a very successful one. If I remember right, the Jets were one and done. I don't remember if they won a game or not. Now, the reason why Winnipeg is the top miserable sports fan base. Remember, out of the six, the Canadian Football League. Last Grey Cup win was in 1990. Last playoff win was in 2011. Last playoff appearance was in 2017. 
Now, you might be thinking, oh, well, that doesn't seem so bad. Why is Winnipeg on top? Remember, the CFL only has nine teams. There was a time where the CFL experimented with teams outside Canada. It didn't really work. So, they're all Canadian teams. And for the Blue Bombers, you know, that Grey Cup drought is same as the Reds World Series drought. So, there you go. Buffalo is the only other team to register in the red, meaning super, super miserable. Bills have yet to win a Super Bowl. Remember that stretch where they went to, what, four straight? Something like that. Last playoff win was in 1995. I would have been seven, like you care. I don't know. Actually, yeah, that would have been seven. And last playoff appearance was this season. Bills did not get past the Jacksonville Jaguars, however. And there's the Buffalo Sabres. Never been to, never hoisted the Stanley Cup. Last playoff series win was in 2007, and the last playoff appearance was in 2011. So Buffalo's kind of gone down the slope. I will say, though, Buffalo and Cincinnati do have a connection. Hockey-wise, as you know, Buffalo is now the parent organization of the Cincinnati Cyclones after Nashville and Cincinnati split up. So it's now Buffalo with the Rochester Americans and the AHL and the Cyclones, which I think I mentioned on this podcast. I might have just told some hockey fan or something. It's pretty nice because Buffalo does like to use ECHL players. Like, they they think that ECHL is a good league to move up into the AHL. So that's probably a plus upcoming for Cincinnati. We move on to the yellow. I'm not going to go through all the all the bases, but Detroit, Queens, Long Island, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Oh, by the way, there's a scroll bar on there, but don't bother try to scroll down it because it doesn't work. Then Atlanta. Then you got Phoenix, Vancouver, Washington, D.C., Tampa Bay. In the lighter shade of yellow is Los Angeles A. I think that's Angels... No, it's Dodgers, because they don't account for a city that has two pro teams. So, for L.A., that would be Rams being L.A., A, and Dodgers. And then there's Charlotte, Orlando, Cleveland, who's got a misery score of 28.2, which I think is about half of Cincinnati's. New Jersey, which would be, you know, Devils. It also has the Nets, too, even though that's Brooklyn nowadays. And the Red Bulls. Can't forget about the Red Bulls as well. Toronto, Salt Lake City, Miami, Florida, Dallas, Calgary, Edmonton. Clicking on Calgary. I guess the Stampeders have done very well. So, Flames last cup hoist was 89 Edmonton last playoff appearance 2017 rough year for them this year I think they'll bounce back for 2018-19 maybe I don't know Ottawa Chicago B which would be the White Sox along with the Bulls Bears Blackhawks and Chicago Fire Montreal Indianapolis Portland Baltimore Milwaukee Anaheim Pittsburgh at 21.2 Columbus Ohio which you know, I was a little surprised it was that low of a score at 20.8, which is over half of what Cincinnati's score is. 
Blue Jackets, they got to the playoffs this year. But again, one and done. But the Washington Capitals are kicking butt, so I guess that's something. But again, another one and done performance by the Blue Jackets in the playoffs. And the Columbus crew hoisted the MLS Cup in 2008. I remember watching that at Wright State Student Union. And last playoff win and appearance was last season. I think they'll be okay this year, but the whole save the crew thing. Keep them in Columbus. Pre-court, you know, because I know you listen to this podcast. <laughs> Seattle at 19.5, followed by Houston, Los Angeles B, which that's the Chargers, Dodgers. Okay, the Dodgers are listed twice. Where's the Angels? They're L.A. I know they're technically not, but, you know. Then we have San Francisco Bay Area A, which is Oakland Athletics, Warriors. Wait a minute, the Raiders? Didn't they win the Super Bowl in the 70s? It has NA on here. Hmm. And San Jose. I'm getting that mixed up with San Diego, but. New York City's at 18.3. Denver, Nashville, St. Louis, and Kansas City wraps up the yellow. And now we move on to the green, the happiest fan bases. Philadelphia, Chicago A, which I think would be the Cubs, and yes it is. New Orleans, San Francisco Bay Area B, which are the 49ers, Giants, Warriors, Sharks, and Earthquakes. And wrapping up the sports fan misery score, Boston. And big thanks to the Patriots for that. Also Red Sox. Celtics, Bruins, and the New England Revolution. I still find it funny that Robert Kraft, who owns the New England Patriots, the best owner in the NFL, and he also owns the Revolution, which is probably the worst MLS team. They got rid of their one of their top-scoring midfielders. Midfielders? Yeah, midfielders. And Nguyen traded him. What did he trade him to? The Earthquakes? Hmm. I probably should have looked this up before I thought about that, but there you go. So yeah, Buffalo and Cincinnati, along with Winnipeg, Manitoba, they're in the red, meaning they're the most miserable sports fan bases. Now, personally, as a Cincinnati sports fan, you might know if you follow me on Twitter or have been listening to this podcast for a while, I love me some Cincinnati sports. Whenever there's a game on, my radio's tuned to it. Reds game, I don't care if they're 0-162, I'm listening to them. Bengals game, 0-16, don't care, I'm listening to Dan Hort on that. The Reds game, if Marty Brenneman's on the call, I'll definitely listen to it. Marty and the Cowboy. You know, I never did ask Jeff Brantley why his nickname the Cowboy, but, you know. I, I love listening to these games on radio. I think I love listening to the radio more than I do TV and I gotta thank my pop for that because he always told me about the times where he had his radio tuned into the Reds games. I miss my pop. I really do. But I love listening to games on the radio. I'll listen to Dayton games. I'll listen to Wright State games. If it's on radio and I can find it and tune it in and not have to deal with a chuckload of static, I'll listen to it. So I stick with my teams. I know there's some teams that I like, and anymore, I don't hate teams. It's just, you know, I'll follow sports. I like sports. My timeline is diverse. 
And it's so diverse that I feel like I'm following every team, every sport, every league. So it's it's a pretty bulky timeline. I like that for that. So, yeah, I mean, this, this score isn't perfect, let's be honest. But it does measure that the Reds and the Bengals haven't been doing so well. Like I said, last playoff series win for the Reds was back in 1995. I think that was Ray Knight managing the Reds under the ownership of Mars Schott, who, as you might know, has her name on the Cincinnati Bearcats field, which is a really nice field if you've never been turf. So, there you go. The article continues. By the way, it's the 10 and 3com Again, use the numbers, not spell it out. The most miserable city, most miserable sports city, 2018 edition. So, adding the Canadian Football League, it kind of pole vaulted Winnipeg up top. And they talk about one of the big losses in hockey, as you might know, 96 was the last year of the Winnipeg Jets 1.0. And they moved to Phoenix, Arizona, or the Arizona area. They have a link on here saying that the Coyote fans are still learning the ins and outs of the game. The coyotes, coyotes, we say coyote. Hmm. Again, probably should have looked up the true pronunciation of that. I know there's some people that say coyotes. I don't know. It talks about how the Jets came back after 15 years, which I was really excited for. I remember on my timeline saying... You know, Jets are the only name for me. Luckily, they did pick Jets. I really like that logo. Makes me feel like it's a compass. I really like their connection with the Canadian military up there, too. I really like how they're doing that. I feel like I feel like Jets 2.0 aren't leaving anytime soon. Here's hoping I'm right. So, Winnipeg's going for the all-lusive Lord Stanley's Cup. And... The Jets 1.0 never got to hoist it. Pretty successful in the WHA before jumping to the NHL. But, again, before this playoff year, last series win was 87. Except it's this year now. Yay, Jets! Go, Jets, go! Also, Vegas won 3-1. I like how Vegas is doing. I mean, I'm not going to be disappointed either way, but I'd like to see the Jets win. I mean, think about it. A Canadian team hasn't won the Stanley Cup in 25 years. It's all been United States teams. Crazy to think, but yeah, it's the case. I hope I hope the Jets do hoist it, but how can you root against Vegas? I don't know. Then again, Washington, Tampa Bay, that's a strong series too, so we'll see how it shakes out. I'm paying attention. I'll listen to the games on my phone. So, again, Winnipeg, pretty much the Blue Bombers not succeeding for a while in terms of playoffs. You know, it's tough. And now we get to the Cincinnati thing. Sports fans in the Queen City are a truly miserable bunch. Not true. I know they follow their teams through and through. You can poke fun at the attendance thing, but the team started 3-15. and 15, So, I get it. And 
One weird thing is, most mostly terrible in the 90s. Uh, you sure about that? Like I said, 90s last World Series win with Sweet Lou. I think 91 wasn't a great year, but... 95 playoffs, 99 was the play-in game. And 2000s, 2010s, nothing to write home about. So... It talks about how Marge shot, you know, was known for racist comments and open praise for, you know, Adolf Hitler. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not the nicest woman. Also didn't want baseball in Dayton, which, if you think about it, makes sense. You want Daytonians to come down Cincinnati. It's not that far of a trip, but... I think the Dragons and Reds are doing a-okay in that department. I say as I keep remembering seeing some pictures of... Then again, it's still part of the school year, too. I, I'm flip-flopping on this. I'm sorry. But it pretty much talks about how Marshot was the last owner and, you know, not too nice if you were an African-American, Asian-American, Jewish... Or, you know, you just didn't like March Shot. And also, her St. Bernards, who were frankly known to relieve themselves on Riverfront Stadium's turf. Was it Synergy back then? Well, Synergy when it was imploded, I know, but I don't know. Bengals never won the Super Bowl, they're talking about that. And also mentions that the Cleveland Browns 2.0 are a sadder NFL franchise. Yeah. I mean, this year I don't know how it's going to turn out. I mentioned that I'm no draft expert and I'm no fantasy football expert. I have one fantasy football championship. You know, I, I have the trophy and I, I put in my trophy case of all the two trophies. The other one was... A golden record for director of the year, well, co-director of the year, WWSU, back in 2008 for my work as sports director. So that was that was pretty cool. But um, no, that that was a whole joke. I don't have a trophy case, and I don't have trophies. So there you go. I'm making fun of myself. So yeah, the Bengals and the Reds haven't been successful in those terms, but. Gotta think about it. Cincinnati, Ohio was the birthplace of the first pro team in baseball, so there's that. Paul Brown, his last team happened to be the Cincinnati Bengals. It was a team in 19, 1930s, I want to say 34, with the running Tiger logo. And I always thought the Bengals name was because the Cincinnati Zoo, you know, Bengal Tigers, just happened to be one of my favorite zoo animals, majestic creatures. It talks about Buffalo, Detroit. Again, I'm not going to read the whole thing for you. Oh, by the way, Queens, Long Island teams, Jets, Mets, and Islanders. You know. Jets, Mets, Islanders. They rhyme! Also, trust the Gordons, goalie man. Sorry, that's irrelevant. So, we talk about the article from the10and3.com. Also, there was a tweet that I saw a while back on May the 7th from a user, underscore Doug E. Smith, underscore. 
And it's a pinned tweet if you want to go to that profile. As of May 7th, the Reds' last postseason series win was 8,246 days. And now on May 15th, the day I'm recording and uploading this, 8,254. Bagel's last postseason win as of today, 9,990 days ago. Cincinnati, well, University of Cincinnati Bearcats' last second round win, 8,084 days ago. And combine these three teams, it is a combined 26,328 days, or roughly a little over 72 years combined. Ouch. So yeah, there's, and this year's collapse in the second round, I was just floored. I was walking into the Wright State Walmart to get some things. I I leave the car, Nevada's down by 10, and I'm listening to it on the way home. I think UC had a 22-point lead at one point while I was listening to it. UC was dominating the Wolfpack, and then I come back and UC lost by one. I, I, I was just floored. And that same night, Xavier lost. It wasn't as large a lead as 22. I think it was, what, a 9-point lead, 10-point lead? Someone can tell me about that. But uh, Florida State came back and won that game. So, yeah. Not a lot to success in the Sunday market. I include Dayton because, you know, podcast. Like I mentioned, the 10-3 and 3 article does not include minor leagues. I know that would be a lot more research, a lot more everything, yada, yada, yada. So I did the research on this podcast to keep it a little more positive even though I just mentioned that combined last postseason win for the Reds Bengals and the second round win for UC Bearcats was about 72 years combined. I'd like to tell you that Cincinnati has had their bright spots, not counting high school because, you know, Cincinnati is very good at that. But minor league wise, I know there's probably the one of you out there like, minor league sports don't count. They're a draw for squat. It's the same person's like, it's about time here, Arena got blown up. What a dump. Yeah. Uh, the Commandos, they were an indoor football squad. I got to see them once. I got free tickets and I got to see their game of the gardens and they took down the Marion Blue Racers and it was a lot of fun. Commandos, in their three years of history, won all three of their league championships. I think all but one year they were undefeated. I think. That would be 2010 and 2011 in the Continental Indoor Football League and in the Ultimate Indoor Football League in 2012. What was supposed to happen, this was the first year I was calling Dayton Sharks Indoor Football at Hera, what was supposed to happen since Nay was coming back to the CIFL, right? No. The head coach, which was Billy Back, he took a, another job, and very shortly, the commandos said they were suspending operations to try to line up their future. Well, it's 2018, and Gardens is gone, swept off the face of the earth, which breaks my heart, and I don't know where you would play. U.S. Bank, I don't know if that would be cheap enough. Uh, I'd say Northland, but Mm, I don't know about that. First of all, that's not a lot of seats in Northland. Second of all, I don't know. That's a low roof, so good luck with kicks. <laughs> well, 
there is talks, you know, NFL. Let's just get rid of kicking all together, you know? Started there. See if that works. No, don't. Like I said, Commandos were very successful. They were covered by Fox 19 all the time, which is WXIX. And like I said, I enjoyed seeing the Commandos kick butt. There was a game the Commandos beat Huntington. I think it was in West Virginia. It was like 1-10 to 18 or something like that. Commandos were a really good team. I wanted to see Cincinnati and Dayton play, but it was not meant to be. I saw the Sharks for two seasons. They did well, but it wasn't meant to be either. On the sheet of ice, the Cincinnati Cyclones have won the Kelly Cup, which is the equivalent in the ECHL to Lord Stanley's Cup. It's, you know, Stanley the what would be the third cup. You get my point. It's the minor league equivalent of the Stanley Cup. Cincinnati won in 2008, most arguably their best year ever as a hockey franchise. They've had some history in the IHL, I think CHL for a tiny bit, and ECHL. Also one time Cincinnati had IHL and AHL team, the Mighty Ducks of Cincinnati. I don't believe the Mighty Ducks ever won the AHL Cup, but I remember the radio ads, and this is during the time I won the sports fan. I still remember their ads. I really wish I went to a game. I really wish I was a fan. I'd probably love to see that. Anyway, Cyclones won the Kelly Cup in 2008-2010. I thought it was a lot more recently than that, and it turns out, no, it's been years ago. Wow, I feel old. And this 2008 squad, I think I saw at the Nutter Center when the Bombers were still playing. I got a free ticket, so I came out and watched. It was a pretty nice crowd. I tried to sit with Cincinnati fans just because the time I really liked Cincinnati sports. Didn't realize the Bombers would be going away after that. So, yeah. FC Cincinnati. Now I know what you're saying. No, they don't have playoff success. You can't include them. Okay, fine. But FC Cincinnati continues to break attendance records at Nippert Stadium. Things look to be on the right track for them to build that stadium on the West End. And things look like it's on track for FC Cincinnati to become part of MLS. Which I know what you're saying. You might be saying. But who really cares if you're part of MLS? You're drawing well in the USL. Maybe stay in the USL. You got some not now. Uh, Bethlehem would be closer than Harrisburg. Yeah, it has to be. Pittsburgh. Yeah, how did I forget Pittsburgh? I don't know. I'm, I feel stupid for forgetting that. I could edit it to make me sound smarter, but nah. FC Cincinnati's drawn incredibly well. Broken many attendance records. Broken their own records several times, too. Playoff-wise, yeah, they're 0 for 2. They made it each year, but, um, yeah. They're on top of the USL this year, though. So, I expect this team to do some good things, even win their first playoff game. We shall see as the year comes on. And, also, the Cincinnati Roller Girls and the Cincinnati Battering Rams. Which, you're probably looking at me like, what is that? You're making up team names to make Cincinnati sound better. You suck. Also, the, um, well... That last point being valid and all. It is roller derby. 
It's a topic that I haven't really covered as much on the podcast as I like to. And in fact, hopefully in the future, I get to do an episode about the Gem City Roller Girls or the Cincinnati Roller Girls or the Cincinnati Battering Rams, which is men's roller derby, which I didn't know existed until this morning when I was doing my last research for my episode notes. I can I just mention real quick in the men's roller derby league that Cincinnati's in, there is a team in New York called the Shock Exchange. <laughs> I laughed at that for a good minute. I'm like, the Shock Exchange. If I if I could find a New York Shock Exchange shirt, I'll I'll buy it. But for the roller girls of Cincinnati, they're now at the Schmidt Fieldhouse on the campus of Xavier University. They used to call the gardens home, but they can't now because the gardens is gone. I couldn't find a lot of information on the battering rams. It, there's a lot of info like, hey, you want to become a battering ram? Then come join us. Don't know where they play. Don't know the schedule. I know recently they were in Detroit on their Facebook page, which you can like. The women's team, they have no championships in their name, but at the same time, they draw a really nice crowd. And I really like roller derby. In fact, I sent an email to the Gem City Roller Girls saying that, hey, if you ever need an announcer, I exist. And I just got an email from that. I'll look at that in a minute. Anyway, there are more sports to just Bengals and Reds. Are Bengals and Reds the main sports? Yes, because they're the major league sports. But there's more sports to look at. So... My next point would be on the 10-3 and 3 article. It's not perfect by standards, but it's probably better than the fake news out there. I'm not getting into politics. At least not yet. There is one more point I'd like to bring up that has nothing to do with this, but it just happened yesterday. For minor leagues, I mean, do they draw as much as major leagues? There's a couple teams that do. Just ask the Dayton Dragons. They average, what, close to 8,000 this year again? And I was at the game where they drew the most this season, which was, what did I guess, 8788, and it was like 8725, something like that. It was a lot against the Peoria Chiefs, uh, which I I saw the Dragons collapse late. Peoria got to the bullpen. Hunter Green has best game. I'm skipping ahead. I'm sorry. I know there's a lot of minor league teams out there. I know there's a lot of minor leagues out there for many sports. There's a lot. I get that. It opens up a lot more markets. I feel like there would be some markets out there that would topple Cincinnati. I mean, we'll take Dayton, for example. Before the Demons won the Commissioner's Cup in 2014... The last team to win a championship in Dayton would be the Dayton Gems 1.0, and that would be the Turner Cup, right before things went south for the organization. The Dragons have never made it out of the semifinals. I thought they were going to do so last year, but Fort Wayne proved to be too tough. I mean, also, before I get back on point, Fort Wayne has probably one of the youngest teams in minor league baseball. It's, it's pretty incredible, actually. I know it'd be a lot more work. I know it'd be a lot more minor leagues to cover. I get that. I'm not saying, you know, I'm going to do it anytime soon because that's, like I said, I'm fairly busy with everything myself. 
Now, if you open up the college sports forum type of thing, I feel like you open up more cities and a lot more research because, let's be honest, the top level is NCAA Division One, but there's Division Two, Division Three, there's NAIA, there's other organizations of college bodies. Good luck sorting through that. There's a lot. Good luck with that. So, that was pretty much my point. I mean... It's a nice article. It's fairly right. And there's a couple things that are wrong with it. I mean, the Winnipeg thing, again, you see the Jets win their first two series and they're over the halfway mark to hoist Lord Stanley Cup and be the first Canadian team to do so in 25 seasons. However, I just wanted to bring up that there are bright points to Cincinnati sports. And... Us Cincinnatians and us Daytonians do have a lot to really cherish in sports in this area. That's why I started the podcast. That and I was sick of no local coverage about the sports around Dayton, Ohio. I want to share that, hey, Cincinnati and Dayton's alright. And I love being a part of the sports scene here. So, with the whole meat and potatoes thing off the plate, it's time for dessert, and that is quick updates on local sports. If you like summer soccer, I wish the Dynamo were playing this year, but apparently there is very important news down the pipeline. You have to be patient, and it might be more than a stadium site. I have goosebumps about that, but the Dayton Dutch Lions and the Cincinnati Dutch Lions are starting their seasons this weekend. Remember, there's no women's team in the WPSL this year. Wait till next season. Hopefully. The Dayton Dutch Lions open up at Dock Stadium in West Carrollton, Ohio against the West Virginia Chaos, and the Cincinnati Dutch Lions will be at home against Lansing United. If you're a Dynamo fan for the past few seasons, you know Lansing United was in the NPSL, jumped to the PDL this season. Cincinnati calls NKU Soccer Stadium home, and that place is gorgeous. Hopefully one day I get to announce that NKU, but we'll see. For the Cincinnati Sirens, they're the women's soccer team in town. They play at Lakota West High School in Westchester. They'll open up the season this Saturday against the Columbus Eagles, and my good friend Keith Kokenda is the broadcaster for the Sirens. So go follow him, see where to watch that. Thursday is Raider Day at Fifth Third Field, as Wright State will host Nova Kentucky to close out the regular season. Thursdays at Fifth Third Field, free admission. Go to wscraiders.com or daytondragons.com. Figure out how to get your free tickets there. Friday and Saturday, back at Nishwood Stadium. I'm back Friday as the PA announcer, Wright State, Nova Kentucky. Can't wait. Also... The broadcaster for NKU Baseball should be there. He's a good guy. Can't wait to talk to them. Also broadcast Cincinnati Steam games, which is summer baseball. And holy cow, I'm going to have to talk about that upcoming. Summer's here. You couldn't tell yesterday. It almost reached 90. Anyway, uh, Dayton Flyers, their last home game is today, which is May 15th. And it'll be against the Toledo Rockets. The Flyers fell two out of three times against Rhode Island. Gave Rhode Island a lot to handle at Warner Field. Senior day was Sunday. I have a Periscope video of that. 
If you want to watch it, it's at the Lee W. Mallon. Go find me. It'll be there. And that closes out college baseball. Congrats to Sinclair. Another conference tournament under their belt. Sinclair is just so dominant in in the NJCAA and the OH. OCCAA. I was thinking OH. I was thinking Ohio High School Hockey League, but that's not right. So congrats go out to Sinclair. Congrats go out to the Flyer Seniors. They have had amazing careers. All five of them were relief pitchers for the Flyers this year, which I don't think has ever happened in a senior day. Normally on senior days for baseball, softball, I introduce, you know, a plethora of positions. Infielder, designated players, outfielders, pitchers. I did that for Wright State softball, which, by the way, the Raiders... They fell in a tough game against UIC to knock them down the loser's bracket, knocked off Youngstown State, and fell to Oakland 2-1 to to end their season. I will say, the Wright State softball team, probably the most interactive I've been with. I'll go down to the dugout and talk to them. I mean, that's how I knew it wasn't Daneville, Indiana, and New Palestine, Illinois. It was... I, I didn't think there was one in Illinois, but I just go by the roster, so... No, it was... It was cool. It's it's nice being the PA announcer for Wright State Baseball, Softball, and Dayton Baseball. Meet a ton of great people, and I hate this time of year because, like I said, last home game for the Flyers. I'm not back at Warner until 2019. I'm not back at UD until August, September, whenever men's soccer starts. So, yeah. Go see it. Free admission today. It's at 1 because of the storms coming in which hopefully won't hit until we're done with the game, which hopefully won't hit until I'm back home, let's be honest. So, lastly, how about those Reds? They won on 513, which is the area code of Cincinnati, if you didn't know. And I'm jealous because 937 isn't a day on the calendar, unless you're talking about September 3rd at 7 p.m. Sure, why not? Let's go with that. Reds lost last night 10-7 to San Francisco in the West Coast. But how about that four-game sweep of the Los Angeles Dodgers? And I know you're going to say, but the Dodgers aren't dominant this year. They're not in first place. Who cares? Historically, the Reds have struggled on the West Coast. And taking four of four, that's the first time since, what, the 70s? 73? 74? Maybe big red machine years? I don't know. Cincinnati and Los Angeles used to be, you know, the rivalry. But then, conference realignment happened. There you go. Lost last night, but six in a row. Six and one in the Matt Harvey era slash Nick Crawl era. I listen to Kenner and Schlemmer whenever I can. And <laughs> when I was heading to the Dragons game, that's when I heard that new GM be Nick Kroll. Not to be confused, the comedian. I think Mark Schlemmer said that. Credit to Mark Schlemmer. Anyway, Reds have been playing much better. Not saying it's Riggleman, not saying it's Crawl, definitely not saying it's Matt Harvey, although his four innings of work was very, very good, just allowing one base runner to reach via hit. Hey, who knows? I know a lot of sports talk hosts in Cincinnati saying that Matt Harvey's not going to be a Red for too long. Once the trade deadline hits, you know, ship him off, see what you can get type of thing. I don't know. You're giving Matt Harvey a second chance to prove himself. Say that it was the Mets that tried to screw me up. 
you know? Who knows? Maybe it could be a good thing for the Reds. Maybe Cincinnati has a new pitcher to shuffle around. DiSclafani and Michael Lorenzen are doing their rehab assignments. Remember last year, DiSclafani had a rehab assignment in Dayton, which is really cool to see those. And he didn't last an inning. In fact, he pointed towards his elbow once, and I think Great Lakes scored 11 runs in that frame. Yeah, it wasn't great, and DiSclafani was shut down the rest of the season. So that brings up the point of who gets bumped off. Schlemmer keeps... Schlemmer said yesterday's show, I keep saying, Schlemmer keeps saying, but no, that's not true. Who do you bump? I don't know. I don't know about Tyler Malley. He, I think, was it Schlemmer or Kinner was saying that it was uh, Romano that gets the bump. I don't know. There's an article saying that Amir Garrett's fine coming out of the bullpen, which is cool. I like Garrett. I like when he scratches the big A on the mound. <laughs> it was fun watching him in Dayton. And it was also cool to hear that he was sticking with pro baseball instead of going back to college to play basketball. So I like Amir Garrett. He's one of my favorite Reds right now. One big scare, though, yesterday is Joey Votto leaving the game for stiff back. Or back tightness, I guess would be okay, too. So, losing your big first baseman like that, mm, we'll see. And now we move on to the Dayton Dragons. Of course, the single-A affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds. I mentioned on a podcast, I don't know how the Dragons are going to do in Iowa. They took five of six. You know, would have took six of six if Clinton didn't come back in that series finale in Iowa. But, hey, swept the then second-place Bees, now Burlington's second-to-last. And Clinton still, I think they're still tied for first. Took two of three from the Lumber Kings. Greatest logo, greatest name ever. I don't care. You can argue with me, but that's still a great logo. And then Dayton came home, swept Cedar Rapids, which I think was in contention for first, and then fell to Peoria, who was in the middle of the pack in the West in the Midwest Division. Midwest League, not Midwest Division, sorry. So, yeah, they're in Lansing now. They have Mother's Day off, which, by the way, call your mother if you haven't already. I did. I got to see my mom for that Sunday game, Flyers against Rhode Island. She came out for about an hour with Dad, and it was really nice seeing them. It's really, really cool. So, it was really, really nice to see my parents come out to one of my games that I announced. Anyway, Dragons are at Lansing. 0-5 against the Lugnuts this year. Spoilers, they lost via walk-off hit yesterday, 4-3. Lansing's really, really good. Toronto's single-A club always seems to have the hot bats. There was a year where they really struggled, and I think they were last place, but this Lansing team looks to be pretty strong. They don't have Ladd Jr. They did last first half, but... Hey. They are playing better, I feel the Dragons are. I mean... Clementina was part of the Tony Singrani deal. He is swinging a very hot bat, nicknamed Orange Crush, because his last name kind of reminds me of the Clementine Oranges, although his last name is Clementina. Shut up. I think this Dragons team is going to do a clinch a spot in the first half. They still have Bowling Green, who's on top of them, and now I think the deficit's up, what, three and a half games? There's still plenty of first half to play. 
That ends next month. Holy cow, this year's flown by. <laughs> Woo! They're at Lansing for four, and they come back home against Great Lakes. And I'm running the scoreboard Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So, you know, say hi if you want. Or watch the scoreboard go fast. Or on TV games where I can't put in the third out right away until the graphics pulled on the CW's broadcast. You know. But, come up and say hi. So, there's that. That's episode number 40. We talk about Cincinnati and Dayton sports. Who'd have thought on a podcast talking local Sunday sports? Hashtag local Sunday sports. By the way, before I sign off, I am trying to win a contest held by Podchaser for microphones and headphones. So, if you can help me out, leave a review on Podchaser. You can also share those reviews on social media, so if you one-star me and say that I suck and my values aren't any good or I don't know sports, blah, 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 you know, you can do that or rate it five stars or anywhere in between, you know, with constructive criticism, that would be nice. So I've retweeted on the Facebook page, the Gem on the Queen's Crown, give it a like, and on Twitter, Gem on Queen Crown, give it a follow. Or follow me, the Lee W. Mallon, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and most social media platforms. Episode 40 is in the books. Episode 41 is next week. What am I talking about next week? I don't know. Maybe the fact that Wright State is hosting the Horizon League tournament. I get to work all but one game because I got a Dragons game that one day. But I'm excited. I get to see a lot of baseball. I get to announce for a conference And six teams. So I'm excited. So that might be episode 41. That might not be. Who knows? Not me, because I haven't decided yet. This has been episode 40 of The Gem on the Queen's Crown, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Gem on the Queen's Crown. Follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, the iHeartRadio app, TuneIn, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Acast, Radio Public, Anchor.fm, Radio Line, Player.fm, Spreaker, Podbean, Podchaser, Overcast.fm, BeyondPod, Podbait.fm, and Listen Notes by searching Gem in the Queen's Crown. Like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown, and follow on Twitter at Gem on Queen Crown. Follow the host on Twitter and Facebook at the Lee W. Mowen. Visit theleewmowen.com and gemcitysports.com. Music provided by freestockmusic.com. Music.